This is episode number 57 with Marcus Pierce, the CEO of The Wellness Couch, and today we're talking about the Exceptional Life Blueprint. Welcome to the Herpreneur Wellness Show. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. Join me as I bring you some of the most cutting edge and coolest people on the planet to help you live a bigger, more fuller life as a female entrepreneur. More health, more wealth, more happiness as you continue to grow your extraordinary business and an extraordinary life. Let's do it. It's official. Raise your glasses. Your business is now speaking to the masses. No matter your family history or your genes, our next guest believes that it's not all downhill from here and that the best years are in front of you, not behind you. Today, we're talking to Marcus Pierce. He is a journalist by profession who cut his teeth in radio, TV, alongside Australia's biggest names in sports and showbiz. Today, he is the director and CEO of The Wellness Couch. I don't know if you know The Wellness Couch, but if you don't, you need to check it out. It is Australia's number one health and lifestyle podcast network with annual downloads of excess of 2 million and a lifetime downloads of 8 million. And guess what? I'm going to be joining them. Yes. The Herpreneur show will be on the wellness couch very soon. I would love your input on this. I am wanting to tweak the podcast again. Everything I believe in business is an evolution of your life. Your business is a representation of who you are today, what you've learned and how you've grown. I've gone through evolution after evolution after evolution and continually steering that ship so it's pointing to my true north and to what I truly believe that you need being a woman in business. So I feel like I want to break the podcast down to three categories, health, wealth, and happiness. Health will cover food, nutrition, exercise, supplementation, anything to do with your internal health. Wealth to do with sales, marketing, business growth, investments. So the wealth that you bring into your business now, money is hugely connected to energy. Without health, your business is nothing. And the third category is happiness, anything to do with mindset, peak performance, having you thrive, wellness, mindfulness, that all comes under that one banner. Now, I am passionate about these areas and I have expertise in these areas. So I'm wanting to put them all together for you on a podcast. And my idea is, and I'd love to hear from you what you'd love to hear more of. I would love to get more women on the show talking about business and really learn how they're bringing money in their business. So bringing that sales edge in so you can hear what other people do because normally a lot of things can be replicated even if it's not in your industry and that's what's beautiful. Plus, I would love to know how they keep it together, how they keep healthy or if they don't, we have spoken to one amazing lady who sold her business for $75 million and she's coming up on the show later and she actually had a physical breakdown, she had a nervous breakdown and remember what I was saying, your health is the most important thing. 
when it comes to your business, which I'm very passionate about. And I say this, which sounds so sexist, but when you actually look at the science behind it, it's so true that to learn how to work like a woman, not like a man, that's something very personal that I love to work with my clients with is how do we get peak performance? So it's um, creating that work day. So it really has you perform at your best when you're at work and be able to feel like you're the magnet that you bring in that money in, which is really important. And you're also just absolutely thriving. So I'm looking at tweaking the show. It will still be on the same channel. We will be moving across to the wellness couch. It will be great that they've accepted me, but nothing changes in how you access the show. Now, this is coming up. This is not happening now, but this is what's coming up. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you is it's because of you is why we're here today and why we're expanding, why we're going onto the wellness couch. So thank you so much for all your reviews. Uh, thank you for all your downloads and thank you for subscribing because that's really important as well. But what I want to ask you is what do you want to hear more of? What shows do you love? If you love the idea of where I'm actually feeling that that directional pull in amalgamating all that, because I really believe that we're going to business not to break even, not to go broke. We're going to business because we want to make money. We want to have the lifestyle we want. And we want to be able to give back. It might be giving back to our family. It might be giving back to our friends, or it might be a bigger mission that you're on there. You want to give back, give back to charities, give back to foundations, fundraisers, or perhaps you want to create one yourself. So I believe that money is very important. I believe it's energetically tied and we want to be able to have that. And I want to be able to make sure that you're continually learning to grow your business and to be able to grow you. So I want to amalgamate them together. I want to know what you love, what you listen to a lot of. I don't want to try to be any anyone else though, just so you know, I'm not Gary V. We all have our own authenticity and that's what I'm very big on is how do you be authentically you? What do you love and what do you feel like you need more of to help you grow personally and professionally? Now, I know that you love the weight loss stuff, the diet stuff, all right, because the downloads show me that, (laughs) all right, but the whole show is not going to be on fat loss. I really want it to be your full life. And this is really goes beautifully with who we actually have on today, uh, Marcus Pierce. So let me actually tell you a little bit more about Marcus Pierce. Before I do, please reach out to me on Facebook, Annette Lakovich Official is my Facebook um, name, Annette Lakovich Official. Or you can go on Instagram as well, private message me there. I don't mind how you private message me, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on what I wanted to do with the show. I am thinking about changing the name to the Herpreneur Health, Wealth and Happiness Show. So the tagline's Health, Wealth and Happiness, encapsulating those three. So reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram. I'd love to be able to know how I can serve you more and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Now, talking about great shows, Marcus, who we have on today, he has one of the most popular podcasts, which is called 100 Not Out, and that comprises of hundreds of interviews with some of the world's happiest and longest-lived people. You're going to hear today on the show how he travels. He takes groups over to this small island in the Greek islands. It's known where people just do not know how to die. They have the lowest rate in the world of cancer, of heart disease. There's no such thing as dementia or mental illness. These are the happiest people in the world, and he knows they're doing something right. Marcus also shares with you today his exceptional life blueprint, which is helping you really, really steer that ship, like I was saying before, to keep you in true alignment. It's what I'm so passionate about. I had to get Marcus on the show. He's a guy. I don't care if it's a guy or girl on the show. I just want to make sure I bring you the best information. Enjoy the show. 
Ladies, I know you've heard about my story before. I fell pregnant whilst I was in a brand new startup stage of my business. I'd gone from working in corporate into entrepreneurship and I find out I'm pregnant. So I think nothing better than to kick myself into gear. I didn't want to fall off the perch in what I've built so far. So I was stressed to my eyeballs. I worked like a crazy woman and after I had my baby, it was still the same. I worked crazy, crazy hours. I was burnt out and I was breastfeeding. And my two highest priorities in my life was my business and my baby. In that very quick six months after I had my son, my, uh, my weight skyrocketed. It skyrocketed to uh, 15 kilos. As soon as I stopped breastfeeding, I needed something to take the stress out. So I turned to alcohol, sugar, you name it, anything to get that serotonin peak. And I was in full burnout material. That happened over a three-year period. I wasn't aware of it. And some of you might be going through burnout right now. You might be finding that you're battling the way, you're trying to juggle your business. So today's interview is somebody who I think is so aligned with the message that I am continually trying to get out there. It's about how do we create harmony? How do we not just focus on being successful and leaving out fulfillment? So now it's all about fulfillment with me and continually doing things that fill up my happiness cup whilst I work. And I want to introduce Marcus Pierce to the show. Thank you so much, Marcus, for being on the show today. It's so great to have you here. And I think we're going to go down a massive rabbit hole here with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Annette, uh, very humbled to be on. I don't know if I'm the first male on the podcast, but if I am, or one of the very few to be on your 50-odd episodes, yes. it's uh, very exciting to be with you. And thanks so much for having me. Can't wait for the chat. Let's go down as many rabbit holes as you like. Yeah, I love it. So look, you're an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship, um, but you, you, where you are right now is not where you started. You were a journalist. Not at all. <laughs> yep. Can you take us back and tell us how the heck you actually got into what you're doing? Because what you, where you are now, is completely different where you were. Well, I don't know about you, but when people ask me what do I do these days, I don't know what to say. So I always just say I'm a journalist. It's so much easier. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I did start off loving sport and uh, and was never going to be a professional sports person. So I thought the next best thing would be to commentate or, or work in the media. And so I went down that path, worked in the sports media for seven years for our AFL uh, lovers that listen to this podcast. I worked at the AFL footy show for a time and, and just worked in sports media, Commonwealth Games, Olympic Games and, and so on. And then um, I I met my now wife, Sarah, uh, who's a health and wellness professional. She's a chiropractor. And at the time that I met Sarah, it was actually over where you are now. It was over in Fremantle that I met Sarah, but we're both oh, Victorians. Wow. <laughs> and yes, I went over to, and I can say this on this show because everyone will will um, appreciate this. I went over to the West where my best friend uh, at the time lived and I was going over there just before I started work at the footy show and I was going over there. I was single, I was uh, 24 and I was going over there to the West to have a really good time, just to, uh, just to be a lad for two weeks before I worked at the footy show because I knew I wouldn't have a life once once the work started. Um, but I fell in love when I was over in the West and so my, <laughs> my two-week being a lad didn't actually happen. It was actually two weeks of courtship with Sarah but came back to Melbourne um, and Fell in love with Sarah, asked her to be my girlfriend, but at the time I was smoking three cigarettes a day. I was more like 10, but it was, I justified it as three. Um, <laughs> binge drinker, 
uh, had no idea about health and wellness and I was falling in love with a health professional who ate organic and did all of these things and um, cut a long story short, Annette, we were... Uh, I'd always had a great fascination with uh, personal growth. Um, my mum gave me a Tony Robbins program called Get the Edge for my mm-hmm. 21st birthday. And I'd always, as a smoker, I always skipped past the health section. I don't know what, what your <laughs> listeners are like, but most people in personal growth, you always get this confirmation bias. You agree with everything a person says, but there's something that's not quite aligned with you. You skip past that chapter of the book. I would skip past that CD of the program because I loved my cigarettes too much. I loved my <laughs> drinking. I loved eating whatever I wanted. Um, so I skipped it. And and then when you deny something in your life, something normally comes up to kind of slap you in the face. And for me, I was falling in love with a health professional. I wasn't falling in love with a smoker that loved to have a binge drink and eat whatever. I was falling in love with someone so opposite to me in so many ways. And so um, the reason why I tell you that is because Sarah and I did a lot of personal growth together. We attended a lot of Tony Robbins events together. I really began to understand um, – not just what made each other tick, but what, what you know, I learned more about myself and, and more about humanity. Um, but one of the offshoots of our personal growth was I became a raging vegan, not just <laughs> vegan, like raging vegan. I went from uh, a beer and uh, – not a beer. I went from a Red Bull and a cigarette at morning tea to a ginger tea and raw cashews. My nickname went from MP or PC to mung bean. Um, I was going from chicken schnitzel burgers to the Indian vegetarian cafe in Richmond in Melbourne. I was the most raging vegan. wasn't evangelical, but I was in my actions, but I wasn't trying to convert the world. But as a lot of us in our early to mid-20s can be, I thought I was pretty enlightened. I thought I was pretty onto it. I'd achieved enlightenment at a young age. All my meat-eating friends just didn't weren't quite up to scratch. They hadn't, they hadn't scraped the bucket of mung beans and chickpeas like I had. Um, I'd cut out the grog. Sarah and I travelled the world for about 12, 18 months, and uh, I'd also cut out alcohol. So that was I was I was so extremist, um, and I thought I was on I thought I was on the major path of longevity. That that most of us think that if you eat well, you are going to live a long time. And so I thought, well, this vegan diet's the best way to eat, so I'm going to live the longest. And I'm not drinking alcohol, so I'm going to live even longer. Um, I'm a pretty enthusiastic guy, as you can probably gather. And so I thought I had it nailed. And then. I read a book called Healthy at 100. Just going to pick it up here. I know you and I are on video, so you can see this. Mm-hmm. Healthy at 100, a book by a great man called John Robbins, who himself is a raging vegan. And John Robbins was the heir to the throne of the ice cream company. Ever had a Baskin oh, Robbins ice cream? And- I've heard about yeah. this. Remind me of this story. This is awesome. <laughs> So John Robbins grew up eating ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He grew up uh, swimming in an ice cream cone-shaped swimming pool. He was everyone's friend because he was a multi-billionaire, all his family was. Um, you know, imagine being his friend growing up at school. But John Robbins grew up and realized that he did not want to be the heir to the throne. He was the only son of a multi-billion dollar company. And he said to his dad, look, dad, um, Uncle Irv Baskin, he's dead because he died of a heart attack. Uh, your dad, dad, he had uh, Irv, uh, um, Irv Robbins had um, heart disease, and he said, "Dad, I don't want to create the thirty-second flavor of ice cream. I can tell, like, the results are showing this. This is not healthy. This is not what I want to do with my life." So he ostracized himself from the family. 
Uh, went and sprinkled some kale seeds and cabbage seeds in the backyard of Canada. Took his girlfriend, Dio, uh, with him. They meditated. They taught yoga for a gold coin donation. They were raging vegans. And he wrote some wonderful books, Diet for a New America, Food Revolution, Healthy at 100. And so, again, confirmation bias. I'm a raging vegan. I'm into longevity. I'm reading this book, Healthy at 100, thinking that it's going to pretty much confirm everything I thought about life at the time. And I got to not even chapter one. I got to the second page of the <laughs> introduction and i've got it here right now still in the original pink highlighter that i took it in and it shared uh, a research study done by the yale school of public health it was done on 600 people over the course of 20 years by a wonderful woman called becca levy and uh, they asked these people over the course of 20 years as you age you become less useful as you age you realize your best years are behind you as you age you become more of a burden on society on your family financially and all the rest of it. Do you agree or disagree? Now, when I'm doing speaking and, and I ask the, these questions to the audience, so many people go, yes, that's right. Yes, that's true. Yes, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But what the study found was the people that agree with those statements died seven and a half wow. years younger, yep, earlier. That'd be backpedaling. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Aging. I oh, disagree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I misheard Precisely. the question. <laughs> All of that, yeah. all of that, people are backpedaling like you wouldn't believe. And then I'm there to tell them, as I, I'm here to tell your listeners right now, that they didn't measure their diet, they didn't measure their genes, they didn't measure their financial status, if they were married or not, if they had clean air or dirty air, you know, if they were burning coal or solar power. They didn't measure anything else except a belief. It was all mindset. And here I am getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning to meditate, <laughs> write in my gratitude journal, have my green juice, maybe celery juice these days, Have make sure I've got some omega three six and nine oils from plant-based, of course. Make sure I've got coconut oil in my smoothie with a bit of a yeah. avocado and all the other 10 superfoods, maca powder, cacao powder, mesquite powder, lacuma powder, you know, just superfoods on steroids. And I'm like, hold on a minute, barking down or barking up the wrong tree, going down the wrong rabbit hole to live a great long life. Um, and so this really was one of those, probably the only epiphany I've ever had, but it was a mm. spine-tingling moment. I can I can remember that night um, as if it was yesterday because my wife was breastfeeding our youngest daughter, our oldest child, Maya. Um, so I was reading all these books at night. Uh, I had no one to hang around. My wife was down going to sleep and all the rest of it. I'm reading all these books and this just it stick, stuck with me. Wow. Um, and so... From there, I created the podcast 100 Not Out and really transitioned from, you know, sport media to health and wellness, personal growth media. Um, and that's taken me down a rabbit hole for yeah. I think it's probably about seven or eight years now, maybe longer, nine years. It's interesting because I actually heard a, uh, I don't know if it was a study, it was something where it was looking at people that had the longest life and the highest value that they had was a feeling of connective community, connection yep. and love. And yep. I, we were talked obviously off air where I was saying I've moved across to Perth and when I heard that study, I know that for me that's the number one thing that I really want to just build and create over here is to get that community. Yep. Um, yeah, and this is the thing, loving where you live, I feel, is the conversation that humanity is not yet having enough of mm. we we people are still putting more emphasis when i say loving where you live people often think about their home i'm like you are much wiser living in a home that you don't love that much but in a community that you love mm. whereas a lot of people create this beautiful home and it's spick and span and everything's in the right place and nothing's out mm-hmm. of and out of place 
but they don't know anyone, they don't know their neighbours, they don't speak to it, they don't yes, feel comfortable yeah. walking down the street. And, you know, when you go to these longevity cultures, and, and one that I have a, a great fondness for is Ikaria, this little Greek island known as the island where people forget to die, they don't rate cars. <laughs> There's a great story of a Greek-American who retired on the onto the island of Ikaria, and she'd always had this life dream of buying herself a BMW, a brand-new BMW, uh, when she retired and she bought this brand new BMW living on an island of seven and a half thousand people where they don't care for cars one bit and she buys it and they're all going, what did you buy that car for? <laughs> and literally she had it for about three, four weeks and got rid of it because there was just, she realized there was just, it didn't, didn't actually tickle her fancy. She wasn't having to keep up with anyone. Mm. She stood out like a sore thumb. And it brought her no fulfillment whatsoever. Yeah. And so loving where you live and feeling this intimate connection to your community, your neighbours, mm. even people that you don't know, just being able to smile at people without – these days, if I smile at someone in the street in Melbourne, I'm a, it's stranger danger. Like it is – I could be a mass murderer, mm. you know, but you want to – 10 years ago or 20 years ago, you'd drop into a little town and you'd smile at people and they'd say hello back to you. Like yeah. it's a and different It's, different it's so different. I find I'll get in an elevator and I don't know, I just, it's weird. It's weird to stand in there and not to acknowledge <laughs> and say hi to someone. So I always start this conversation with people and my yeah. husband always says to me, I don't know how, but you get so personal so quickly and people just share stuff. And I said, because... Yeah. We just don't talk anymore. It's your superpower. It's like, <laughs> it's like I just want to talk to people. But it's quite interesting because something's just um, come to mind that we've moved in across to Perth and we're renting at the moment just to see if we loved it here. And, Marcus, we want to build that by this house because we love yep. the house and we love our neighbours so much. Like, we love our neighbours. Good, just, you love your area, and, yep. And this is so funny. This is just, just the pennies just dropped now that you're saying it's so important to build that community around you. Um, yep. But let's, 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 let's dive in deep to you've created this blueprint because everyone's probably saying, um, oh, my gosh, there's so much things I've got to do now. I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. <laughs> You've created the blueprint. Can you take us through the – what is it called? The longevity? Longevity? Uh, it's, well, I call it the exceptional life blueprint. Exceptional it's a bit of a tongue, tongue twister. But essentially, you know, many of us at times either now or in the past have felt that we're living a mediocre life. None of us are mediocre. No one was born and said, oh, there's a mediocre human being. Um, everyone is exceptional. Everyone is absolutely uh, one of a kind and mm-hmm. unique. Um but all of my research is, has demonstrated that we do fall into a trap of mediocrity either somewhat easily um, or just slowly over time, whether it's through our family upbringing or our professional life or expectations um, that we've put on ourselves that aren't as high as what they could be. But you look at the people that live a great long life and they are the exception to the rule. I mean, in Ikaria, one out of three people get to 90. But in Australia, where we have um, incredible longevity, we are fourth on the ladder for longevity, but we tumble down the ladder for quality of life. So, mm. we live 72 great years on average, and then we have 11 disgusting years where we wow. live to 83, we're stuck in a nursing home, we're spending society's money, or if it's our money, uh, we're spending it in you know the comfort of a 
four meter by four meter room. No one's coming to visit us. There's all this spiritual and emotional trauma on our family because we've got 11 years, three and a half thousand days of just a lowered quality of life where everything is compromised. Mm. Um, we're averaging, you know, 13 to 15 medications. And really, people are just thinking that that's now normal. Uh, people are uh, sadly thinking that dementia is a normal part of aging. Nothing could be further from the truth. People think it's normal that you slow down over time. The, the thing about this, Annette, is I thought that I was going to be sharing this message with people in their 60s and 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. And then the more the more I started speaking on this, and this is seven or eight years ago when the penny dropped, people that are in their 20s scared out of their brains of turning 30. People in their 30s think wow. that 40... I know school mums who think that 40 is like hell on earth. They can't bear the idea of turning 40. I know other people in their 40s that definitely, and a lot of people think that 50 is like definitely over the hill, like your best years are behind you. And so, you know, a bit like what you and I were talking about, you know, off air earlier is that a lot of people see my stuff as uh, longevity because a lot of my case studies and research is based on the people that live the longest life. But that's because all of us are going to grow old. Like, I don't care how unhealthy you are. You are highly likely, given the way medicine can keep you alive these days, you are highly likely to live in poor quality of life for a very large quantity of time. And so Mm. you've got to be either prepared to cop that or do something about it. And and my, my solution to do something about it is to copy, literally copy the people that have quantity of life and a great quality of life. And that's why I interview Holocaust survivors who are 99 and the happiest people you'll meet, interview people that have gone through great challenges and are still, uh, you know, Australia's oldest man is the world's um, oldest active author. Uh, People that have still got this quality of life, whatever age. So when you tell me, you know, uh, if someone tells me that they're 45 or they're 55 and they can't do this because of their age, I'm like, that is a load of, you know what, because... There's people out there twice your age, you know, 68-year-old Jan Smith climbed Everest on her 68th birthday. Like, <laughs> you can't tell me that you're too old to do anything. Yes. It's just not not the case. And, and that's a message that the earlier we can adopt the urgency of that, the better. So, we, mm-hmm. we don't get to 60 or 70 and go, oh, I suppose I better do something about it. Mm, you know, um, my father passed away at 69, um, but he had a very fast decline. It was dementia, is yep. what they've earmarked it as. Um, and very fast decline though, within two years, like boom. And those two years, the quality of life, he was such a fit, healthy man. Um, he retired and went to a farm and I don't know if it was to do with the chemicals or what happened there. He actually always had chemical free cattle. So it was quite interesting, but I don't know what was in the soil or what was going on though. He had rapid decline, seizures, strokes, just the, all these continual things where he was ended up being bedridden, as you said, in a nursing home, you know, four wars. People don't visit that much. And, um, you know, lost his ability to speak, to walk. And all we did was just wish for him to pass away, which sounds yep. so horrible. No, but this is exactly that. Yeah. yeah, this is somebody who has not got the quality of life now it's just completely gone. So it's quite interesting that you say that um, where it's... Would you rather get hit by a bus tomorrow or have 10 years stuck in a nursing home? Yeah. Like, I don't know about you. I'd rather get hit by a bus tomorrow. You know, mm. I know I could look my kids in the eyes and go, I've been a great dad. I can look Sarah in the eye and go, I've been a great husband. I can look my professional life in the eye and go, I've given it all I've got. Like you want to be at any age 
and it's, I know it sounds morbid, and we, we said we'd go down rabbit holes here. Yeah. You want to be at any age and be able to go, if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, everything's going to be okay. But that means you've got to make some big decisions. You've got to get yes. your finances in order whilst you're alive. You've got to be great in your key relationships, whether that's in your business life. Uh, but at, really, your personal relationships are far more important. You have to get a lot of your ducks in a row whilst you're living and not do that socially acceptable thing whilst you do it when you retire or whatever because as you saw with your dad like Mm. you'd be glad it was only two years yeah imagine if it was four years imagine if it was the average of 10 or 11 years like imagine the impact that would have had on your life and your dad would never want you to go through that pain for any longer than Mm. you did yeah what what do you think is if you could break it down to and this will probably <laughs> yeah, yeah nice essentially what you're saying. Sec- no, it's the exceptional life blueprint. Yeah. I'll, I'll share what I was going to say is because yeah. I was going to say the top three things, but like yeah. we've talked about, I know you're very passionate about Randy Zuckerberg's entrepreneurial dilemma. So we don't want to just make it three things. <laughs> what are the top three things? No, no, no that's okay. No, that's so, that, that's okay. That's um, that's that's the entrepreneurial conversation, which I think if we have it at some point in the interview, I think it's a, it's a great chat. But essentially, the the. The three, the three ingredients for quantity of life is doing what you love and loving what you do. So all the entrepreneurs that are listening, you better be loving your business. Now, every business, every life purpose has you, – do you swear on this podcast or not? Yeah, that's fine. Go for it. That's fine. Okay, every, totally- every career choice and, and whether you're Leonardo da Vinci, Michelangelo, um, Annette, myself, every career has a shit sandwich mm-hmm. and you have to be prepared to eat it. Um, Everyone, there is there's so much with social media these days is trying to make the you can make a million dollars doing a webinar in five minutes and it'll happen overnight. It's like that's just not how the world has ever worked. Mm-hmm. And you want to be very clear that whatever life purpose you choose, there are going to be challenges with it. I live up in Byron Bay. Everyone thinks it's God's gift to the world. It's a wonderful place to live, but there are a lot of things that aren't on the brochure, and that's just life. There are so many parts of life that aren't on the brochure. So when you choose your life purpose, to all the entrepreneurs or even the stay-at-home mums, my my wife Sarah is now a stay-at-home mum. That was her big life purpose decision. She did not enjoy trying to juggle parenthood. She was a chiropractor, wasn't she? Chiropractor, and she gave it up. Gave mm-hmm. it up, and I just tell people I think she's retired. I don't think she'll be going back. These are the courageous decisions that all entrepreneurs make, no matter whether you're going into it or coming out of it. But longevity dictates that you do what you love and love what you do, dot, 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 most of the time, but also be who you love to be. Don't do what you love and love what you do if it turns you into mm-hmm. a prick. That's not the way it is. Um, <laughs> Well, yeah. think about it. There's so much conversation, and I don't, I don't um, say this in vain uh, to the great man, but every time there's a, a conversation about Steve Jobs, yes, there's a conversation about what he, his legacy has been uh, with iPhones, but in the same conversation, it's about the impact he had on his staff and the mental health of his staff and how difficult he was to work with. Mm. So there's this, we, we want to talk about our behaviour, but also um, – are we doing what we love and love and what we do? It's a really that's it's a, that's a deep and meaningful conversation. But that's ingredient number one. Mm-hmm. Um, ingredient number two is movement. Everyone thinks nutrition is more important than movement. Movement is life. Life is movement. There are yeah. too many people that have eaten the best diets that have died prematurely. Look at Pritikin who had the Pritikin diet. Look at Robert Atkins. Uh, Pritikin killed himself at age sixty nine uh, when he developed cancer because it was bad for his image. Now, if you are developing diets, shouldn't you be living the longest based on what society thinks? Robert Atkins died at seventy two. Uh, Michael Montagnac, who was basis for the South Beach diet, died of prostate cancer at sixty six. Adele Davis, an American nutritionist, uh, died at 70 um too many elephants in the room for me so movement is definitely key the longevity cultures around the world they all eat different foods um Mm. but they 
all move regularly, and that's what they definitely have in common. And can we and pause on that, on that movement yeah. one? Because when we moved over here, Marcus, I was dealing with a massive back injury, and exercise has always been a part of my life. And I, and I my belief is movement gives you life. Movement gives you energy. And so yep. what I continually did every morning was keep my exercise routine, whatever it was. Sometimes I dance, sometimes I run, sometimes I walk. Um, but I kept the routine, which was just get to the beach and just look and just do a couple of steps. Like <laughs> I can't power walk because I knew that would keep the sanity of just, just to tap into that level of happiness that I know that I wanted to really keep that balance because taking movement away from me would be just like death. Well, people are trying to meditate for 20 minutes every day. I'm telling you right now, I still can't find longevity cultures that are meditating every single day. They're moving before they're meditating. So if you're meditating <laughs> but you're not moving, honestly, like yeah, you got your body requires movement. Mm. You might be spiritually aware but you've got no physical um, vitality or suppleness. Yes. The people yeah. that are doing it well. Uh, they've got it all. They honestly, and that's why I'm saying, like, it's not just one ingredient. That's ultimate failure. It's almost mm-hmm. epic failure, really, to master one area of your life and uh, settle for mediocrity in others. The, the consequences are so brutal. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be spiritually alive for 75 years and then develop dementia and have 10 years of suckiness. Like, yeah. it's just not how <laughs> life was. It's not how life was built. And I don't mean, I'm, I'm not, I hope it's not coming across flippant. I, I no, say this it's with not. A great degree of, um, I feel this because we all know people uh, that in our lives um, that are suffering from dementia and it's heartbreaking as you've experienced yourself firsthand. Mm -hmm. It's heartbreaking to watch Mm -hmm. Um, and we have to really redefine. I mean, 42% of all dementia would disappear if we were sufficiently physically active. 42%. Wow. Just 30 minutes a day. As I said, like what you were doing with your back injury is perfect. You just you weren't saying I've got to do, we're going to run five k's. You go, I just got to move my body in gentle ways that yeah. support me, and that's that is just people don't want to hear it because, um, as Dan Butner, founder of the Blue Zones uh, from National Geographic, suggests, you know, um, movement has been a, a public what does he call it a public health disaster because only up to twenty five percent of us it's not even that much move regularly, like. No matter what the government tells us and, you know, move well, think well, or whatever it is, whatever the public messages are, people are so unmotivated to move. Mm. But if you can find ways that you love, like you spoke about dancing, yeah. like a lot of people don't see dancing as um, exercise. Dancing is probably one of the best exercises you could do. Dancing, walking, swimming, um, hiking, um, and making love. They are the five universal oh, ways yes, that clients, every one of my clients, uh, for me, I put them on some type of a lifestyle program where it's a minimum 20 minutes at the start of the day, just move your body, however you want to move it. If it's stretching, if it's going for a walk, just do something to start that, um, that energy. And for me, I don't care what it is that they do. And sometimes I feel like it's in the mood that you're in. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like, totally. Yeah. This morning I went for a bike ride. Yesterday I went for a walk. And then today 
after work, I, I did it, went for a swim. It's yeah. just whatever you want. And that's the other, gets a really good point, I think. And so many people are so confined by their really self-imposed rules around exercise mm. that just make it part of your lifestyle. And as much incidental as you can, just park the car further away from the, from the supermarket, you know, carry the bags, do all of the things that are harder, make life a little bit harder. Like you don't have to pay VIP valet parking at the airport. <laughs> I still park long-term far away and walk you know, however awkward it is with backpacks and luggage and whatever, because I just know that it's better for me. I'm going to be sitting on a plane for hours on end. Just make it make life a little bit harder sometimes. There's nothing wrong with that. Wow. I love that. Okay. I'll have to do long-term parking. <laughs> I don't do the <laughs> VIP. <laughs> don't but I do try to look at them for the closest car park. <laughs> Yeah, no, give that up. Give that up. I'll give time. it up. I'm giving it up now. Yeah, That's it. it. Yeah. All right. So number two is movement. What's the, the what's number three? Dirty social. So you want to live a great long time. You can't do it lonely, lonely style. Can't live in a cave. Um, you have to engage with humanity. You don't have to be a raging extrovert. A lot of people misinterpret this as, oh, I'm not introvert. I'm not extrovert like you, Marcus. I'm not telling you to be the life of the party. Um, you know, when I run these, I run these 10-day longevity trips in, in some of these blue zones. And I, it's by application. So I'm interviewing these people and they're like, I'm like, why will you be a great member of the group? And they're like, well, I'm not that chatty, but I'm a great listener. And I'm like, bang, that's it. The introverts are great listeners. And the yeah. extroverts, often they can be great listeners as well, but they're the great speakers. So if you think of group dynamics, yeah. we One don't need – humanity doesn't need <laughs> everyone to be the same. There's a beautiful balance. The mm. extroverts will talk and entertain. The introverts will – um, listen and ask intelligent questions back, and they keep the conversation together. Um, so you've got to you've got to socialise. You cannot. Friends on Facebook don't count. Messenger doesn't count. Social media is not socialising. Our, our muscles for socialising have atrophied so much since the rise and rise of digital and social media. Netflix is not your friend. Catch up with someone for coffee. Do it properly in real life all the way. I don't care what personality style you have. The uh, the, the mental illness challenges that we have uh, can largely be attributed to the rise of social media use um, with the yeah with the equal response being the atrophy of, of social muscle mm. and, and communication skills. So and, yeah, you, have, and you do have time to socialise. That's the other thing. Oh, I don't have time to see my friends. That's a load of baloney. You do have time. You must make the time. It must be of value. And you must give that time to others. And in a way, that is giving it to yourself. Mm. You know, with entrepreneurship, I think the more that, and this is something that I'm very passionate on, which is, I was saying at the start, I was so focused on success, I forgot about the fulfillment. And I see this as what's happening continually where you've got some really amazing business women that listen to this show, and I know them personally, where they're high achievers, they go, 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 go. They feel like they're socialing because we're their clients, and they can socialize with their clients, but they're still so burnt out. But they don't have time outside of work just to chill and connect. And also not... It's also it's great to be the leader. There's sometimes it's nice just to sit back and just be and immerse in that conversation. And ever yep. since I've had my son, I feel like since he's started to 
be that social kid and be in the park and go to school. I've actually loved the conversations I'm having with mums because I actually walk away feeling so good because you open up and you connect and you have these real deep conversations <laughs> that, yeah. you know, you maybe you haven't had for years or I hadn't had for years being in business and being in corporate. And do you know what I mean? It just it starts to get really real when you do open yourself up. And I think you feel that feeling when you walk away. It's like... And I think, well, things like friends and kids and socialising, it adds more light and shade to your life. Like if you don't socialize and you've got all your eggs in the life purpose career basket, your life is so predictable. Yes, your work might be unpredictable and you thrive on that, but you're not having conversations about poos and wheeze and gastro and sleep and all of the things that go with <laughs> kids. Like, see, see the laugh? See? You I don't love, get that I in love the those conversations. All, you know, though. Like, yeah. I'm talking to my mates whilst I'm wiping a bottom, someone's vomiting, someone, like my boy Tommy, I'll just just disgust everyone but he did the worst diarrhea in his sleep the other night i had to wake up the next day and go to work and there was poo dripping down his leg (laughs) and then you got to wake up the next day and front up for work i spoke about the shit sandwich sometimes it just comes out of your kids as well but that's the that is the light and shade like you want as much variety in your life and i don't care how much you love your work like you don't have to work 80 hours a week like often you work and i don't know about you and it but like my power hours are definitely in the morning like once lunch hits i'm on the down slope Mm -hmm. like I only do interviews in the afternoon. I'd never do it at nine in the morning because I'm just hot to trot. I want to be in my own creative time. I I think we've got to learn when our power hours are and yes. then dedicate dedicate the other hours, dedicate the social hours to the afternoon when you are in a way better place to socialize because you've already smashed out some life purpose goals and actions for the day and you've already exercised. And then so then go out and socialize and, and then I'll just nail off the rest of the blueprint so we can um, – move on. Then you want to add that quality of life. So quality of life enhances are your nutrition. The better you eat throughout the day, the better you're going to be. Everyone can appreciate that, particularly entrepreneurs listening. You're way better at work when you're eating well. Um, but you don't want to be you don't want to be like I was, a raging vegan. I'm no longer a raging vegan. Um, you don't want to go evangelical because it, it, will, it will suck up so much of your energy as well. It will stress you out. Then you want to give to your Love and relationships. When your love and relationships are awesome, your the rest of your life is high quality. Your, your Christmas mm-hmm. days are great. Your birthdays are great. There's nothing awkward. It's not longevity though. I can tell you so many stories of Holocaust survivors and people that have buried children and buried partners. A family doesn't um, give you longevity, but it does give you purpose as you age. But don't think that family comes first because family only comes first in a crisis. Um Growth adds quality of life to uh, adds quality of life to your life. So, reading great books, watching great movies, traveling to great places, doing um, personal professional growth, just grow and learn stuff that you want to learn, not what the mass media wants you to learn. And then wealth, spend less than you earn and invest the difference. We spend 144% of our income um, in this country and it can be worse um, in other countries as well. So we've got to be really careful about our wealth. 144%. Yeah, now look, every every... study's different. Every time I do a talk, some professional in the wealth space will give me a different answer. Some will say say, 14%. But we're spending more than what we're earning. Yeah. It's over 100. It's just depending on what study you're looking at. Um, And look, maybe the 144 is more the good and bad debt combination, as in like um, uh, household debt 
Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe the 114 is maybe just bad debt, but look, either way, it's over 100, and yes, we've got yeah. to be very careful about that. And again, these longevity cultures are not about accumulation and great wealth, but they all spend less than they earn, and they invest the difference. So they might have a their little two bedroom family home uh, on their plot of land, and uh, they might be earning, they might be on a peasant wage, literally of 10 or 15 thousand euro a year. But I tell you what, they've got a stash of cash, and they're not waiting uh, or not worried about overdrafts and being beyond their living beyond their means. Mm. Uh, they'll live off the land. They've got friendly neighbours that will give them extra food if it's a tough season. They're emotionally stable because they give to their family and uh, they do what they love and lo- they love what they do, which gives them great self esteem and self respect. Um, and even though someone else might be earning two fifty k a year, tell you what, I can tell you who's happier most of the time. Mm. So um, we've got to be really clear on that. And in the last circle around all those elements is spirit, soul, and faith. If you don't put your spirit, soul, and faith into into your life purpose, your movement, your social, your nutrition, your love and relationships, your growth, and your wealth, then a lot of it just comes down to intellectual knowledge, and that will bore you and tie you over a while. If you know everything, but you don't do it and really feel it, um, you'll be faking it all day long, and uh, that will wear you out to no end. How does your exceptional life blueprint work? Is it a coaching? Is it a program? Is it an online program? Is it? I know you've got your retreats, which I'd love to go into a little bit as well. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, if we if we had a big entrepreneurial chat, I'd be I'd be all about you know doing work that you love. I used to do one on one mentoring, and you know what, Annette, I'm a one to many guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I love chats like like you, you and I having a chat right now, but I'm not one for structured coaching calls. So I used to do that, but mainly the uh, exceptional life blueprint message is through um, an online program, and but largely it's through my Byron Bay event, Exceptional Life Blueprint Live, because I just well, what, feel, what I don't a place know, to hold an event, but, right? <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I know people love to come. Um, no locals come to my Byron event. It's all fly-ins because people yes. love to come to Byron. But I think the best personal growth happens when you do it in person at, at events. That's yes. what I love about the world. I still think, I could you not know, agree um, with you more, Marcus. Yeah. I'm a live chick. Like I love yeah. being on that stage or being in that group and connecting. I'm a one-to-many just like you're saying. But it's yeah. the energy and it's the delivery. And I think nothing creates more inspiration, more change, more motivation, more belief in a person's self, plonking yourself in a room to learn to be educated. And it makes you do it, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I'm not selling this, so don't get me wrong, folks. It's not for me whether you come to my events or Annette's events or whatever. But what I want you to recognize is digital media like podcasts, blogs, YouTube, they sow the seed, but events grow the plant. Um, there is no way that um, you're going to revolutionize your life. I'm so happy to be wrong here, but there's no way you're going to revolutionize your life uh, just by listening to a chunk of podcasts and reading a couple of blogs and YouTube. Like When you immerse yourself for two, three, four days, whatever event you do, um, that's when you can really begin to grow the plant. Um, yeah. It's just and that you know the plant being your your exceptional life yeah, but yeah. you've got to immerse the time you've got to invest that time into yourself and it's really hard to do when you're on the way to work listen to a podcast or you know because then your kid gets gastro and all of that stuff that you just learned goes out the window because yeah. now you're doing something else so i think it's um you know, it's important for entrepreneurs to recognise where their the biggest benefits in their growth comes from, and I, yeah, I think like you and I agree, it's it's in real life. Mm, yeah, couldn't agree with you more, and <laughs> I love that because I get to do what I want, <laughs> and I love what I do. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so then I am at my level one yeah. for the exceptional life. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so true. Like you've got to build your business the way you want to. That's why I'm like, nah. 
you know, because I used to sell group mentoring and one-on-one mentoring and, and you know, come and spend a day with me in town. And it's like, no, if someone's going to spend a day with me, I want, I want five, 10, 200, 500, like And that's your gift one-on-one. as well, though, because that's, you know, that's yeah. the difference of someone's gift. For, for me, I'm definitely a one-to-many. I can hold that energy. You know, the bigger the room, even the better. So better, yeah. It's, but yeah. then other people are thriving one-on-one. Yes. Just they're so yeah. good at being present with you if for an hour, either on Skype or in a room, and I honour that person, but it's not me. Mm, interesting. Now, you go across, you take a group of people across the other side of the world to a beautiful little island in uh, the Greek islands. Can you tell us about what you actually do with these business owners and people that really want to enhance their life? Yeah, I'll give you, I'll give the listeners some context. So about ten years ago, National Geographic did a like a, a project, a study to find out were there uh, cultures around the world that live longer than uh, the rest of us, but with a greater quality of life. And so they identified five uh, places on the planet: uh, Okinawa in Japan, Loma Linda in California, which is a Seventh Day Adventist um, uh, what's the word like culture, uh, Nicoya in Costa Rica, and then in Europe. Um, a small part of the island of Sardinia in Italy and the island, the Greek island of Ikaria, um, which is just near the Turkish coast. And so these five parts of the world have been studied for years now to identify what is it that they're doing differently um, to the rest of the world. And so there's various things that they are doing differently. Many of them we've already spoken about um, on this episode, the way they move and, and, and the grace they have around working and their social environments and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, 2016, we started taking uh, small groups of people, no more than 16, over to uh, the little Greek island of Ikaria, uh, the island where people forget to die. Uh, we've been on three trips now. <laughs> I love how you say that. <laughs> oh, it's incredible because it literally, you know, it's it. you are going back in time 60 or 70 years to this place. Like, I can't even begin to explain it. Like, there's no public transport. There's two police stations. One of them, the phone, it's empty and the phone diverts to the other one. And there's only two people there. Um, there's no crime on the island. I was at a Panigetti, so one of their festivals, with 1,500 people, no policemen, no security. Um, it's just a different world in it. It's like kind of like what the world was like many years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, they eat clean diets, but they wouldn't even know. Although they eat hot chips and they you know, but it's just so, it's so different and we're, we're so overcomplicated in our lives. And it's a great Tony Robbins line. I think he used it when he was writing his wealth book, but you know, complexity is the enemy of progress. And so many of our lives have become so complex. We wonder why we're so stuck, yes. you know, because they were so complicated mm-hmm. and you go to these islands next year, we're doing Icaria, but before then we're doing Sardinia as well in Italy. And I can't wait just to see how simple their lives are as well because you look at these longevity cultures and they live the most simple lives. And so that doesn't mean we have to go and live there, but it does mean that it is on us as individuals to simplify what is complex in our lives. I mean, for me, when I came back the first time, I took the time off as many devices as I could. I took the time off my MacBook. I took the time out of the kitchen. I never want to know what time it is because I realize every time I look at the time, it elicits a certain emotion. Uh And right now when I'm on the phone to you, I don't need to know what time it is. It's just so unimportant. Mm -hmm. I got my, my phone upside down. It's on flight mode. It's not pinging. I'm like, life's become so complicated. Um, and so this little island of, of Ikaria has taught, you know, me and, and many others just 
Um, what's simple in life, you know, growing a veggie patch, putting a herb garden out there, um, spending time with your loved ones, um, knowing when to turn off the work mode, um, you know, knowing that, you know, they laugh at exercise. They laugh at so many things that we do. They laugh at exercise like like um, just exercise for the sake of exercise. They're like, why did you go for a run? We're like, oh, just because we want to go for a run. They're like, why, why would you do that? Like, where were you going? Who were you meeting? No, no, no one. Because just, all for them, going. movement is just... <laughs> A part of their lifestyle. Like they just, you know, they, they walk to go and feed the goats or to go and visit a neighbor. Um, they, don't, they don't work out. They're just strong because they're helping a neighbor, you know, lift a table or helping a neighbor move house. Like it's just part of their lifestyle. It's such a different different world. And so, again, as we were just saying, like immersion is just really the way, you know, you can't learn about Paris without going to Paris, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch all the documentaries you like. So, um it's just one of those immersion trips and it's become one of those actually, perfect- Sorry, sorry, Marcus. I actually heard you say just when huh? you're talking about the, they couldn't get the concept of like, what, you just go for a run? Who are you going to meet? I heard you say on an interview once about something about coffee where you you found it really interesting to sit back and observe. Oh, yes, because, you know, you and I go out to a cafe in Icaria for coffee and, you know, they see us and, you know, they, they smile at us, whatever, and it might take them five minutes to or ten minutes or to come out and take our order. And then, you know, we say, you know, short black, long black, whatever. And uh, then, you know, they're just written it down on their pad and they start talking to us for 10 or 15 minutes, where you're from, what are you doing, how are you finding Icaria? And we're like, we're starting to, you know, tap our foot on the ground and our legs are starting to shake because we're like, where's the coffee? And they haven't even put the order through because they're just wanting to get to know us. They're, they're social. They're, they're, they're privileged that we're on their island. They want to know all about us. And they don't do service very well in Ikaria, but they do it even better because they're so beautiful, if you know what I mean. Yes. We're not a transaction in Ikaria. We're a relationship. And, you know, for all of our entrepreneurs listening, you know, we can get so caught up in transactions and we forget that every single transaction is a relationship. And in Ikaria, they wouldn't even know about transactions. It's all about relationship. Like for them, the transaction comes last. They don't, you know, another thing that our attendees found is like they don't have um, sitting times or, you know, you've got a 6.30 sitting, but you've got to be gone by 8.30. They are appalled by that idea. They cannot believe <laughs> So am I. They are appalled at it. Like they are so turned. They 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 are like they're angry for everyone that's ever been kicked off a table because the next sitting has arrived at your table. They just cannot cop it. And um, you know, it's very. It's kind of like. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's, as I said, I, 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 don't, I hope I don't sound like I'm trying to sell the trip because I'm not. It's just one of those fascinating trips where it's so different to anything else that I do. I run all these events that are so by the book. It's by the time. It's like yes. we've got this speaker on yeah. 40 minutes and then we've got morning tea and then we've got this and then we've got that and people are often going, oh, are you running late because I need to go? And it's like, you know, this trip to Ikaria, there's no itinerary. <laughs> we don't tell you what you're doing till the day before. You can rock up to breakfast at any time you want, you know, um, it, everything is loose. We, we bumped into a soap shop at, on our recent trip. We had nine women on this trip, no men on the one I've just come back from. Ooh, Apologies wow. to the listeners because I've only got, I only got back a month ago. And so the women are like, oh, soap shop. I'm like, oh, okay, soap shop. And so we go in <laughs> and seven of them are like, oh, can we do the soap workshop? And they're like, okay, sure. So we organized to do the soap workshop. I didn't do it, it as optional. Um, you know, and they all went off at, that night after dinner to the soap workshop. They come back with tub, with cake. Of soap, and I'm like, How'd you go? And they're like, Best thing ever. And I'm like, 
like, how simple? Like, they went and did a bloody soap workshop and <laughs> it will stay with them forever. <laughs> and I'm like, these are just, this is the best. It's like the best personal growth event we ever do because for those attendees, it gives them permission to do what they love. It gives them permission to value themselves, to do what they want instead of putting everyone else first, which is the number one regret of humanity as documented by Bronnie Ware in her incredible book, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. The number one regret of humanity is I wish I'd lived my life according to my own rules, my own expectations, that I'd written my own script for my own life instead of doing what everyone else wanted me to do. And that little trip to Ikaria is one of those reminders to people to do what you want, yeah. not what everyone else is telling you to do because that will kill you and that will that will cause you major grief and regret in your dying days, which, which we don't want and we don't deserve. Mm, it sounds like it just hits a big reset button, right? It's just like Yeah, so reset. we better talk about something else. <laughs> um, I would love to know your opinion on the Randy Zuckerberg's entrepreneurial dilemma. She wrote a book called Pick Three. It was about entrepreneurs, the way they live life and success. Um, can you give us a bit of a rundown of that and your opinion on that? Because I know you've got quite a strong opinion. Yeah, well, her, her book was based on a – and this is no disrespect to Randy Zuckerberg, wonderful woman, done incredible things, um, lives an incredible life. It's the philosophy of this that I think is a really important conversation. She, she tweeted out once, work, sleep, family, fitness or friends, pick three. Pick three of those, work, sleep, family, fitness, or friends. Um, and again, it went viral. It created a massive conversation for people in a good way. As I say, this is not personal to Randy. There were entrepreneurs going, no, I pick five because then it kind of <laughs> spilled out to how many um, hours are you working in the week, that conversation of can you get everything done in 40 hours or do you need to be working 60, 70, 80? You know, so naturally, the 80-hour entrepreneurs are saying you've got to work 80. The 40-hour entrepreneurs going, I can, I can run a multi-million dollar business um, you know, a nine-figure business on 40 hours a week. So, great conversations. But my, my question is the Randy Zuckerberg question to all the listeners, work, sleep, family, fitness, or friends, pick three. My view is um, organize your life, design your life where all five of them get what they need. They get the water and the nutrition that those little seedlings need because You've got to work. Mm. If you're doing what you love and loving what you do, if you're not working, you are pulling your hair out. If I am not out of the house by 8.30 in the morning because something's gone pear-shaped with the kids, I am fidgeting like you don't want to know. Like I want to get to work because I love it so much. Um, if you're not sleeping and, and getting the right amount of sleep, I'm telling you right now, it's harder to be happy the next day if you've had a poor night's sleep. I'm reading Les Mis at the moment for those people who love to read. Oh, Les wow. Miserables, 1,500 <laughs> pages. I am... 700 pages in, I'm captivated by it. I was up till 12.30 the other night because I did the whole, I'll go to bed at 10.30, I'll go to bed at 11, I'll go to bed at 11.30. I just, it, it had me in hook, line and sinker. I woke up the next day and I was like, geez, why am I flat? I'm like, because I've only had five and a half hours sleep. Mm-hmm. Like sleep is, is so for all of the mums listening and for you and I don't know how you do it because sometimes you're, you're going off zero sleep. And I heard, was it um, Not now. Malcolm Gladwell interviewed recently? It was like, uh, what was the most selfless thing you've ever observed? And he said, well, I've never observed it because, you know, I don't have children, but I think a mother a mother mm. is the most selfish, selfless behavior because mothers don't get sleep and it's really, to, for you know, to help others. Um, and so you need to get sleep. You cannot, as an entrepreneur, don't tell me, don't do the Arnold Schwarzenegger, sleep faster. Don't mm-hmm. don't try and 
you know, just it's it's important. Uh, and if you don't think it is, you know, there are so many health challenges associated with poor sleep, autoimmune diseases. I mean, I'll be sexist for a moment. Autoimmune disease for so many people, I call it busy women's disease because I don't know anywhere near as many men with autoimmune as I do the women. And yes. the women that I know that have autoimmune, they're so busy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so sleep, get the sleep so the body can heal. That's why the sleeping process is called rest and digest because that's the healing time for the body. The body's not healing so much when it's awake. It's doing all of its healing when it's sleeping. So yeah. please get the sleep. And, and so for work, fat loss as well for your, your body. Exactly. It's like it's like so many benefits with it. You hear so many people. I, I was brought up um, from a coach many years ago who only believes you should sleep five hours. And so when I w- circled back into wellness space, I'm thinking, well, I didn't really like his opinion because sleeping five hours for me just did not work. <laughs> look, you- look, everyone's different because some people thrive. I mean, Leonardo da Vinci was famous for sleeping intermittently, but other people really thrive on eight hours. Some thrive on seven. doesn't matter. I just think it's really important that you know when you're at your best. And just don't deny, if you mm. love eight hours sleep, just cultivate your life. If you go to bed at 9.30 and get up at 5.30, you're flying. That's awesome. I don't know about you, Annette, but I realized, you know, as my beautiful wife taught me, I'm not that productive at night. As much as I love the idea of night times, like I'm really good at reading a book at night, but I'm not doing emails and doing big projects at night. My creative hours are between 5.30 yeah. and, say, 11.30. After that, like I'm writing a book at the moment and it really starts to turn at about 11.30, I'm like, I'm done. I can't research anymore. My creative flair, my words aren't coming out as well. You've just got to know yourself yes, and plan and your life so around it. so true. Uh, I don't normally like to answer my phone in the evening because I just don't like to talk unless I'm at home with people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when I'm actually with my clients and I'm mentoring, I do find out what is their best time. So we've just had one that's rescheduled on Wednesday and um, she wanted to reschedule today, and I just said to her, that's 3.30 your time. What's your brain, brain power like? Because I know mm. for me, I don't want to do coaching. If I was being coached, I wouldn't like it. I'd prefer it in the morning. <laughs> yes. So it's quite well, interesting thing, right? that you do need to know yep. when, when, when do you need to power up and when do you need that yep. creativity or to power down. Um, yep. Now, you have well, – I no longer do webinars at night anymore because I was always cooked, and I'm like, I'm not giving them my best. I don't know, you know, and not, no disrespect mm, people do webinars so at night. I've got to do one in a couple of weeks, but it was just never the best. So now if I'm doing it, I'm like, it's lunchtime, people. If you're yes. working, then take yeah. your lunch hour off because I'm just sick of doing it at 8.30 when it's been a stress to get the kids to bed and then you've got X, Y, Z and uh, anyway. Yeah. So and my, my no, no actually highest show rate – were always the daytime webinars. I haven't done webinars for a couple of years. And I actually yep. thought it was probably because they're entrepreneurs and they're mums and they're either burnt out by the end of the night or they're chilling, they just want to zone out in front of the TV and they're using that as work time. So for me, I always say time. that it's, it's actually work time. Oh, yeah. I actually say they're exercise We could be old-fashioned. <laughs> yeah. The exercise Because, I, honestly, by like after my – um, work this morning. I jumped in uh, Brunswick Heads River, high tide. Don't freak out, people. It wasn't brown, dirty water. It's beautiful, crystal blue. And it's such a good refresh. Do a couple of laps, do some freestyle, do it on work time. Yes. But it's it just, you know, we're all different. So I don't judge anyone's habits because we're all different. I just want to finish off this, um, Randy, because I know the listeners will be going, you know, you can't have an open loop. We can't keep it open for too long. Work, sleep, family. Give some time to your family. Make it a priority. Morning, 
afternoon, dinner, whatever it is, just make it a priority. Work your work life around it. Don't give your family the dregs because we've all felt that before and it's not fun. Fitness, as you've just said, do it in work time. Don't be so, oh, I can't do it in work time. Do it in work time. It's great because it will make you work so much better. My belief is that if you're performing at work and if that helps you perform better, think better, reduce stress, that's a part of your work. And if you can't fit in it outside of your work hours, (laughs) whatever they might be, it's schedule it in. And, and not yep, to go feel for half guilty. an hour run or ride or swim, and then have half an hour of food, chill time, and yeah. And that good. took me a while, Marcus. To honestly, it took it's me a hard to do. Years that's, that's the other thing to not to, feel guilty. To give yourself, yeah, and to actually pull yourself out of the house. I'm like, I know, as my wife Sarah says, mm-hmm. you'll never regret it if you go in, but you'll always regret it if you don't go in the water. And I'm like, so true. Just get out, just do it. Fight the inertia, and uh, and do yeah, it. And then so friends. True. I think you mentioned earlier about particularly entrepreneurs. Like, I think with friends. Make um, firm appointments, like have a 7.30 Wednesday night dinner where maybe you are the guest, particularly if you're a business leader and you just don't want to be leading anymore for a while. (laughs) Just be the person, like have a dinner where you can just rock up and do it with friends, not work colleagues because you'll always end up defaulting back to work. And do the good old, you know, turn the phone down and whoever picks their phone up has to pay the bill. Just make really (laughs) firm rules around social because if you don't, you'll be missing a key ingredient of your life and it comes back to, to haunt you. You don't want to get to the end of your life and be lonely. So many people have these successful careers and then they retire and then they're so dog lonely and then they die and it's just sad. It's mm. so sad. So I think it's, it's, you're investing in your future by having great friendships today. Love that. You are so giving us a great zest for life here. I'm so just pumped right now. You have a gift for everyone, uh, mediocre to magnificence. We will have the link below. That's a, what is, what is that? Is that training videos? It's just more of this. It's more of this, but in a video, it's more of this in a structured, unloose format. There's worksheets. (laughs) It's the eight areas structured into worksheets and working through it all one by one. So the eight areas of your exceptional life blueprint. Yeah. The eight areas of the exceptional. Yeah. Fantastic. Love that. Career, movement, social, nutrition, love and relationships, growth, wealth, spirit, all in about, I think it's probably a one hour mini course, really. Fantastic. Look, I always finish the interview with this one question, Marcus. Are you ready? Ready. What is the one thing, going to narrow it down to one, that you do on a very regular basis, either daily or at least has to be weekly, that you think lifts your level of vibration, the, the happiest version of yourself, the one activity, something that you do that makes you oh. the happiest version of yourself? Gee whiz, on the spot. Uh, this is on a work level we're talking, yeah? This is for you. Well, work life. I like how Richard Branson oh. says work life. It's all life, isn't it? <laughs> so what's it the, is, it is, it is. Do you, what physical activity or is it like I know Cindy O'Meara says she goes for a swim. We have some yeah, people that say they meditate. I say I dance. Yeah. Like for me, that just, oh, I know. That just I know puts me in my peak. Is, look. Yeah, now mine is definitely just some me time in the morning. I mean, maybe it's because I've got four kids, but it's been when I've had three kids, two kids, one kid, <laughs> zero kids. Just uh, you've got to you've got to claim, uh, particularly if you're an entrepreneur, but also if you're a parent, you've got to have time in your day where it's your time. Mm. So for me, I'm a selfish firstborn Leo. It's got to be first thing in the morning. So when I get up, so this morning I got up, went for a bike ride for half an hour. I'm just a way better human being. I'm a way better dad, husband business owner when I am, uh, when I've moved in the morning. So for me, it's definitely movement in the morning and it could be walking, riding, swimming, lifting weights, whatever it is, but me time in the morning. Love that. 
Guys, we have the links to Marcus's podcast. Um, we have the 100 Not Our podcast. He is also the CEO and the director of the Wellness Couch, which you would have heard at the bio at the start. It has over 2 million downloads. It's actually, you know, you'll have so many different array of podcasts to listen to on there. We'll also have the link to your retreat coming up and also Exceptional Life Blueprint and also the free gift today. Marcus, thank you so much for your time. I'm so glad I found you. Um, Thank (laughs) you for being our lives. (laughs) No worries. Thanks for finding me. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Love it. Now, ladies, I want to give you a quick heads up on what actually happened or what has shifted for me since this interview. Really interesting that he was talking about, you know, having that community. And I just said that I want to be able to create my events over in Perth because I really haven't felt my, I've got my girl tribe here yet. That night after that interview, I got a text message from two of my bestest friends over in Sydney together. And they said, we miss you. And I messaged back saying, oh my gosh, I miss you girls too. I so want my girl tribe here. And wouldn't you love the serendipity, the coincidence that can happen in your life? So just from that message, me saying, I want my girl tribe here. Would you believe one of those girls has moved over here? After that message, within a few days, she found out her contract work was ending and she needed to get a new job. And she looked on seek and guess what? For her certification in training, there was three jobs available in Perth. So she's now here and I have one of my girl tribes here. And I tell you what, energetically, I feel so much more grounded here now. My goodness, it's a beautiful part of Australia. I've got the beaches, I've got the sunshine, I've got my career and guess what? I've got a girlfriend here. Oh my goodness life is good. I love my husband. I love my son. And I also love my girly time. My goodness, girls nights out. So excited. Anyway, that's it for today's show. Please remember, drop me a message on Facebook, Annette Lakovich official, or on Instagram, Annette underscore Lakovich, and let me know your feedback on the changes I want to make with the show. Speak to you in a fortnight. You're listening to the Herpreneur Wellness Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought, or message that you're meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out.